Angela Kalia is a celebrity esthetician, green beauty pioneer, and founder of her namesake skincare brand, dedicated to making her signature Hollywood glow accessible to everyone. For more on her journey from skin expert to entrepreneur, stay tuned. Hi everyone and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Main, a modern health wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable and Main has been an incredible journey so far and I've decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome our guest for today, Angela Kalia. She's the mastermind behind the most coveted skincare complexions in Hollywood, with her clients ranging from Barbara Streisand and Helena Christensen to Lily Rayner and Chrissy Teigen. And now the founder of her very own brand, Angela Kalia Skincare, which has infused her expertise into a green beauty line using plant-powered formulas and skin rejuvenating technology, while remaining true to the French skincare principles under which she has been trained. I love that Angela has translated her signature spa treatments into premium at-home experiences. Her two decades of experience as the Hollywood glow girl, I quote, are truly what sets this brand apart from the rest. And this is Angela in a nutshell. So Angela, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Akash. It's so, I'm so happy to be here with you. This is great. Thank you. So I ask all my guests the same question. I'm going to ask you, who in a nutshell is Angela? <laughs> you know, I think I, I heard a quote recently, actually, it was from one of my clients, uh, Barbara Streisand, and she said, no matter what her fame elevates her to, she still thinks of herself as the girl from Brooklyn with the large nose without a father who could sing. And uh, when I reflect on who is Angela Collier, you know, she's still that little girl in braces who grew up in a small farm town who had such big dreams with her life. That, that's who she is. Still that same little girl in braces, Angie. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's, I, I think it's going back to the roots and remembering who we are is so important because yeah. there can be a lot of change that we can't even control. But that's our guiding kind of tunnel vision approaches. You have to always remember who you are deep inside. So I love that answer. That's such a great answer. It keeps um, me humble. Keeps me very humble. And that I was about to say, that's exactly it. It, it is. It, it keeps you humble and grounded. Yes. In a world where there can be so much that persuades us and people around us that can even give us that ego at moments, which is great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But you've got to remember where you started and, and, and that's your guiding light because there's a lot of change, but you can't change that, you know? Yes. So that's very, very important. And um, I kind of want to talk about your first experiences with beauty. So I read that you grew up, um, I don't know if you were born and raised in California, but I know you grew up in your grandfather's farm. Like, where were you born and raised? I was born and raised in California and I was uh, uh. raised and, you know, bred basically in the farm belt of California. It's the Central Valley. It's the center of California. It's not very sexy. There's just a lot of farms and uh, a lot of good people. And, and I think I appreciate it more now that I'm older versus when I was younger. I just wanted to get to L. LA, New York, or Paris. Just get me out of that small town. I can imagine what that must have been like on the in the farm. And so were you very close to your, your grandparents? You have like a lot of good memories with them. Yes, 
Absolutely. And I was just, I actually went home, uh, I came back yesterday visiting. It's about a three-hour drive from Los Angeles. And and we were talking about the business, my husband and myself, to my um, parents. And she looked at me and said, you just remind me of Pops. And he built this incredible business. He had, was the farmer that basically had fruits, uh, grapes, and just multiple types of fruits and just built this business, went through the waves of whether it was a weather issue being a farmer or not being able to get his supply over to China where he was, you know, sending his fruit. And it's just this this sense of like uh, a bigger vision, which is uh, has to be very positive, which we'll go into later. But yeah, very happy to be from that area. I appreciate it more now being a businesswoman. And it's actually because with my brand, Fable in Maine, it's like, my grandparents, um, I would say, gifted me all these incredible, enriching experiences growing up. And yeah. at that time, it was, it's what I knew. I didn't really, I, you know, why, why, why would I at that time think of it as, this could be my legacy, this could be my life, this could be my business. Um, but I remember these like Ayurvedic ingredients and potions and just making our own like remedies. And, and yeah, like it's so funny how you can lose touch of it for a while, but when you go back into it, it just like, things start jigsawing puzzle together, like this makes sense. But I know, I read um, you were kind of growing up making your own like face masks <laughs> and scrubs from those fruits. Tell us about that. Yeah, when I grew up, you know, I had three brothers and sisters and we spent a lot of time on the farm and I was usually palling around with my grandfather who was really obsessed with the soil and the mm. quality of the soil. And my brothers and sisters were grabbing the fruits and just eating them like kids do. But instead, I was going in the kitchen with my grandmother and saying, well, what can we make with this apricot? And I have a nectarine and a pluot and a plum. Can we mix it all together? And I, can I put it on my face? Like I was literally creating masks with different fruits. And I loved walking around with it on my face. It was a, I was a huge mess and I'm sure a pain for my uh, family at the time. But I just love that moment of when I removed the fruit how my skin looked. So at a young age, very interested in my skin and how I can change it at such a young age. Yeah. And so did you like have these secret formulas that like you, you had like, you know, there's like family heirloom recipes where you're like, no one can know, but. (laughs) That's a great question. Yeah. I was going in and just, and I still do it today. Even when I cook, there's such a, you know, parallel, but I'm going in the kitchen, I'm finding ingredients and being inspired by what I find. So I would do that as a child, making these masks, I would find some clay. I'm like, yeah, let's get some clay, some mud. And maybe I shouldn't have put it in because it was from the ground outside. But I was just grabbing ingredients to create. And I still do it today. And it kind of freaks my husband out if I go in and make an omelet. He's like, what is she going to put in it? Like, is there going to be pesto? Is there going to be, you know, what? He's just like, I just want a plain omelet, please. (laughs) (laughs) No, you got to like, you got to like surprise. And sometimes it doesn't work. It's okay. Sometimes it does. You move on. Sometimes it works and it's like, okay, that's, that's the bomb. That's amazing. So, um, I I do also, cause we have some parallels of having, uh, experience in Paris. Okay. So like, Mm -hmm. um, that Emily in Paris situation, I'm curious to know, I know you were a student, um, in Sorbonne University, but like, tell us how it was to move to Paris. Um, and what your experience was there. Yeah, it's literally like when I watch that show, and again, my poor husband cringes. He's like, you're putting that on again. I really can relate to her and those experiences. And just being, I was from that small town, and my first uh, escape was literally to Paris for school. And um, I hadn't even been to New York or L.A. at the time. So it was just everything I imagined it to be. And uh, I was just blown away by the sophistication, the love of fresh 
again, back to my grandfather, fresh, there's a fruit market where you get your fruit to make your tart. There's the fish market for your fish. There's the vegetable, there's the meat, there's the cheese. So everything is so fresh that you go to the fresh market instead of one big market. And that also helped inspire me in terms of sourcing my ingredients and creating the brand. But mainly it was it was that French woman. She just was so unlike what I had seen in, in California. She wasn't covering her face with makeup. She was uh, glowing with just a red lipstick and, a, and an eyeliner and, and a little mascara. And I just wanted to have that confidence myself. And I wanted to see what that secret sauce was and how can I recreate that. You had, a, obviously, you have today an incredible career um, as a facialist or an esthetician, <laughs> which I now feel like getting that word in my, my uh, vocabulary. It's a hard word to pronounce. Um, it's such I a encourage- long word, esthetician. <laughs> and when I first became one, no one knew what it was. This was 28 years ago. So yeah. I was like, I want to be an esthetician. And they would look at me and say, you want to be an electrician? And I'm like, no, esthetician. And so yeah, I, I get it. Facialist, so much clearer. Facialist, whatever. But, but how did you start? Um, okay, I, obviously, I know from the, the, the now the hearing the childhood stories as well, but and, and obviously experience in Paris, connecting art of facial and skincare, et cetera. But like, when was that first break for you to be like, okay, like this is my first gig as a esthetician? Yeah, I was... Uh, I had went to Paris to study, you know, French, fell in love, discovered what a facial was. This was 28 years ago. I was in college. I was getting my MBA business degree. So this was kind of a, I'm going to Paris. Let's go do that. Mm. And this was in Carmel, which is kind of Northern California, Monterey area. Mm. And I came back. It was the Monterey Institute of International Studies where I was going. I came back and having discovered facials in Paris, because I hadn't really seen them around town anywhere, I happened to fall upon Yonka Paris Training Institute, which had just opened in Carmel. And it was this beautiful little, it looked just like what I saw in Paris. It had a woman Mm. standing there with this big desk and a big bureau of skincare. At the time, there was just always mixed with hair care, nails, you know, maybe a facial. So it was very much like Paris and and I literally wandered in and I said, whoa. And I just said, I want to work here. Can I please work your front desk? And that was the beginning of being there. And within six months, I was commuting to San Jose, which you do when you're young and dumb. I'm like, I'll drive. And so yeah. I was commuting like two hours at least with traffic, maybe oh, yeah. more, to get my aesthetic license. And I came back and started working for Yonka Paris. And, you know, being with that company, it's it's really the first natural clean beauty skincare line. I hate the word clean beauty, but it's plant-based mm-hmm. and very thoughtfully approached. And it's 61 years old. And that was my beginning. So I was – it was a training institute from the brand. So they were training estheticians from all over, and I got to sit in on all of it. So I learned the power of, of plant botanicals and how it can change your skin. And I learned the art of a true facial from the French. So the combination of the science, the natural, and how to really give a facial was just crucial for my whole career setting me up. Uh, no, I can. I mean, I, I used to work. I used to live in Paris for many years ah. for for Dior. Uh, so I used to get the Dior skincare. But my uh, my old boss is on the CEO of like Guerlain. I know the amazing the facials that they have at Guerlain. And like, yeah, I've just been around 
um, incredible like beauty veterans of, of in, in Paris and in France. And they have a, they have something else. I mean, this is going back generations as well, um, which is Exactement. why. Exactly. See, when you, I hear you the way you say Dior, I want to speak French. Dior. So exactly. Oui, je, je parle un tout petit peu le français, mais je comprends ah, presque tout. Mais, mais oui. this is an English one. So ah, voilà. Votre français, c'est très bien. Mais yeah, si ah, nous gentil. parlons pas le français, c'est un peu difficile pour les le, le gens qui, uh, which are, the people are listening will understand us. So we'll, we'll change. Oui. But, uh, but next time, we we'll do a French version. Um, oh, perfect. But yeah, I, I know, because also I read... Um, Uh, you also worked then at uh, Ole, Ole Henriksen as well. Yes. Uh, so when was yes. that? Did that was that straight after? Or? That was really uh, amazing timing for me, almost just as much as Yanka Paris was. Yeah. I had uh, went through a divorce. I was in my late 30s and moved to L.A. And yeah. uh, I wanted to be a celebrity esthetician. And yeah. nobody would hire me, including Ule Henriksen Spa, because they had estheticians that were working there for like 25 years. Like yeah. they weren't going anywhere. So yeah. I got a job at Equinox, which is the, the gym. And it was yeah. next door to Ula Henriksen in West Hollywood. And on my lunch, I would go over almost, you know, twice a week and just, hey, any openings and just kind of, because at the Equinox, I got a free membership to work out. So I was like, oh, that's cool. That's so a good gig, yeah. <laughs> I wanted that. No one was getting facials. They were only getting massage and they were working out. So it wasn't until Ula Henriksen had sold his skincare line to LVMH that he decided he need to, needed to license out his spa. So he yeah. left, which meant some of the estheticians left, so there was an opening. So finally I went in, they're like, oh, hey, yeah, there is. Okay. And I ended up being um, their top you know, performing esthetician. I did the most sales. And I used to tease that manager. I said, you should have hired me a while ago. <laughs> you see, you see. But it's interesting how there is divine timing in things. Is, is that yeah. the... Um The sunset, you know, that was near yes. Rumble. And then, yeah, yes. I know very well, the equinox. Exactly. And you have amazing, um, there's smoothie. What's it? Ah, uh, yes. Uh, I know, there's a great organic, smoothie or, place. There's a great I, smoothie place. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Amazing. That's oh, so cool. Um, but yeah, it is, it is, I think there is such power in the timings of things. And like, yeah. um, and realizing and comfort in knowing people always like don't make mistakes like whenever like I remember saying like when I was at Dior when I quit and stuff like you know they were saying I was one of I quote though it was one of the best hires like this and that like yeah. I'll take that but I, I remember saying to them you know like a year before I was like I was hired as the youngest ever manager there in the global office but a year ago I was applying to be an intern and I didn't even get a, any wow. reply so I was like you see like how the system is like and I thought you know what yeah. it's not Dior it's the person or maybe no one saw it or the timing it's the HR what there's so many factors so if anyone is discouraged about hearing a no or not even hearing back don't give up be like Angela go go twice a week and you never know there'll be an opening <laughs> and then you'll be the best the best one there you know if you know you're good so I love that it's a very powerful message um but then obviously you had an array of incredible clients I'm curious to know like um is there any like really bonding stories that you would love to share from any of them or anything like some like memories that you'll cherish forever? Yeah. I mean, one of, one of uh, two really great memories. I, I started to cultivate a lot of celebrity clients when I got to Ula Henriksen only yeah. because they would tell their friends and he was gone. So all of a sudden I was the one getting all these amazing people and they were very humble and lovely. And, uh, I remember telling David Foster, you know, the, the producer and, and Emmy winner of like 36 Grammys. He was a client of mine and I've worked on he and Yolanda when they were married at the time. And he, I told him I'm working on a skincare line. And um, he said, 
I started talking about it. And I was just an esthetician at this place. And he's, he looked at me when he got up, and I'll never forget this moment after the facial. He looked at me, and he looked at me for a moment, kind of puzzled. And then he said, I think you would be a really good rich person. And I looked at him, because I wasn't rich by any means, and he was. And I was like, wow, that's a nice compliment, I think. And I, I didn't quite <laughs> understand what he meant until he came in the next time, and I gave him some product, and we talked about my ambitions. He explained, yeah. he's like, Angela, when you, I believe in you, and when you do this, you're going to give back to the world. They say that when you mm. have money and power, it either shows how terrible you were all along, or it shows how good you are, and you're, good. you're doing good good with it. Yeah. So that that was a moment. And then, of course, Barbara Streisand is probably the most uh, influential person I've worked on, and the mm. one who basically encouraged me to start my own skincare line. So that was a moment of, of hustle as well. Her assistant came in. I didn't, I just was talking. I mean, what do you do for a living? And she said, well, I'm Barbara Streisand's assistant. And right away I was like, um, well, if you ever want to give her a facial, you can say it's from you and I'll do it for free. You can say it's a gift, yeah. kind of a little hustle there. And, and she looked at me and she said, well, her birthday's next week. Let me ask everyone. And I was like, oh my gosh, I might be going to give Barbara a facial. And, and it turns out, you know, you don't just surprise Barbara with a facial for her birthday. You yeah. ask Barbara, would you like a facial for your birthday? She exactly. said yes. She wanted it. Uh, so that was just a moment of true connection of two women. And she empowered me to follow my dreams, just like she did with the film Yentl at 40. I was 40 when I worked on her. We put it together and she's like, well, what's your dream? And I was just like, ah, Barbara Streisand's asked me what my dream is. I better have an answer. And I looked down and it was just like, uh, to have a skincare line, that would be my dream. Little did I know that I would leave so inspired and begin looking for a lab. And that was the impetus for everything. That is, oh, that's like, I have goosebumps. I love hearing that. And I think it's so cool that your two biggest memories of your career as and still as an esthetician is actually the ones that have inspired you to create your baby today, which is obviously a skincare line. Um, yes. well, you have other babies too, I'm sure, but like this is like the, the, one of the babies um, is is a brand, and it's really important to to really nurture it, like like you know, like something that you really want to see have a long legacy in life ahead of itself. And um, I was I'm curious to know because we all know exactly to my point just before things take time, things take money, and things happen at the right moment. But you obviously had. Uh, crazy, amazing experiences and saw a lot of products out there. So you probably knew what was missing, what was not missing, um, but also what you wanted to have as a licensed you know, celebrity esthetician. So what was your first process of, I know I want to create a brand, but what are my first products to think about creating? Well, what, when I launched, I did an exclusive at Violet Gray almost five years ago. Oh, I knew to hold on to yeah. my products and wait for Violet Gray. They're like, oh, we can take you in October. So I'm like, we're sitting on everything for a couple months. I want that exclusive yeah. with Violet Gray. Yeah. So um, I launched with a rose quartz roller with like four skincare products. And wow. I wanted everything to be simple and luxurious, but I also wanted to kind of fit the white space. At that time, the... Uh, like clean beauty brands or, or mm. other brands had way too many essential oils. I thought they were putting too many mixes. It was almost like a perfume, which they were replacing and it was sensitizing. So I wanted it to be thoughtful. And like my souffle moisturizer, which is still one of my heroes, has zero uh, essential oil. But yet my oil has Lang Lang and frankincense because, you know, we layer our products. So I didn't want layers of the same. Like same thing. 
which is what I was yeah. seeing in the market. And I also wanted to really take care of the skin and, and working with so many ingredients and so many faces, you know, over 30,000 faces over the years. I saw what silicones, you know, I don't want to demonize anything, but I, I didn't like the way skin reacted with uh, synthetic silicones on the skin. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm the same with hair. I'm a, I'm a silicon-free advocate. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you get it. But also, so, there's a whole education of silicon yes. stuff, the absorption of the, the best ingredients, if you have good ingredients in the product. Oh, so you need, yeah, exactly. you know it. Yeah. yeah. So the oils, it's, it was made to replace oils. Silicones are just a man-made silicone, slippery in texture, just like an oil, but it's cheaper. It's like pennies and it's occlusive. So yeah, they coat the hair with it. They coat the face with it. They throw it in makeup. It's cheap and it makes it easy for the chemist. But as someone like you and I, who really wants the best performance of our products that we make, we certainly don't want silicones in them. So that's a big part of my brand and, you know, being thoughtful with whatever essential oils. I never use more than two or three, and they're there for a therapeutic purpose. Like I have a cleansing oil that's heavenly and all organic with neroli. Neroli helps to calm inflammation. So it's there for a reason. That's amazing. And that really, and I launched with a roller and that was before anyone launched with a roller. It was literally the first, and I was very fortunate to do the violet gray exclusive. This roller came on the scene and that was like the pretty shiny tool. So they wanted to really promote the roller. The editors did. And I was shocked. I'm like, oh, really? You want to talk about the roller? And I did that because in my treatment room, I was using jade rollers after I would use high tech, mm. uh, even at Ula Henriksen. So I was just amazed at how my client loved it when I applied the rollers after I did something loud and high tech. Yeah. They all of a sudden just melted. And I thought, I bet you know if I promote this and, and launch it as a facialist because I'm a facialist brand. It's not just skincare. It's also perhaps a tool. Mm. I knew that the woman would use it or man would use it. And I just didn't know it would still be like, it's the most watched video in the history of Violet Gray wow. till, I mean, today still that how to, how to use the roller. And then also Net-A-Porte, it's the most read story that I did with Newbie Hands. So it really gained traction, which was good for my brand, but also negative yeah. for my brand because I want my skincare, which is I have a lipid lock technology we created, yeah. which calms and nourishes. And so it's been an interesting ride, you know, to ride the roller wave, but also be like, hey, I'm a skincare brand first. I'm not a tool brand. Exactly. It is hard because sometimes, as you said, you have a vision, but the brand can can sometimes yeah. like like I said with a baby like as a teenager it can do its own thing yeah. and you can't control yes. it um, and it can surprise you it can teach you too but sometimes you have a vision and you still want to make sure that vision is heard and seen so I can imagine sometimes like yeah, it can be quite frustrating but also it's I guess it's more about building right uh, building yeah. the layers of like okay you've got this incredible roller now people will probably want to know what other amazing products you have and yeah. you started yeah, with this. So tell us so tell us more about this lipid lock technology because I know you have the dermis layers. I know, I know some, you know, I did biology back in the day. So you have the epidermis, yes. dermis, sub, <laughs> something. Yeah, I know these three layers. But tell us with some science because I like learning. Absolutely. A little bit about it. Yeah, so this was yeah. my first, you know, foray into, you know, creating the skincare line and what I thought it needed. And this was a time of the shelfie where there was yeah. just like 10 different products 
And, you know, people were using very sensitizing ingredients and a lot of uh, synthetics. So new clients would come into me and say, you know, I have sensitive skin, you know, be careful, Miss Facialist. And there became a point where I knew they didn't have sensitive skin. It was sensitized by the stuff they were using. And it wasn't great stuff. So when I went to create, I I found a base. And that was my technology of, I call it lipid lock, like your lipid barrier, which is your outermost layer of skin. And I found a lot of products were sensitizing something that's so integral to protecting the, the, the integrity of our skin, which is our largest organ. So I created the lipid lock technology, which is a proprietary blend of meadow foam seed oil, which is derived from the Lanthus alba flower. And no one had heard of this at the time. It happened to be where my lab was in Oregon, which is where this sustainable flower, the Lanthus alba, is grown uh, in crops there for farmers. So I found out it was almost identical in molecular structure to our own sebum. So I knew, you know, as we age, we lose that sebum production and ceramides, which make up that lipid barrier. So by infusing this oil which will go deep into the skin with a proprietary blend of antioxidants, which help to fight free radicals. We've got this yumminess that when you put it, any of my products on your skin, it's in every skincare product, you all of a sudden feel it go deeply into your skin and your skin looks Mm -hmm. plump and dewy like immediately. And we've done so many clinical studies and perspective studies on whatever product we launch that this all confirms it. So it's just, it's a beautiful way to protect and nourish your skin in a way that hasn't really been done before. And right now we're looking at other technologies to rejuvenate the cells. So I'm really a a science-driven with nature brand that's always looking for something innovative. And I have a few patents on some tools I've created. So it's it's really just the whole journey for that customer to make it really special for her. I love as well, like you have that perfect um, amalgamation and marrying of like high tech uh, to your rollers and your tools to obviously beautiful silicon-free product. Yes. Um, and I think uh, it's exactly a reflection of what you are doing If you, you know, in your um, sp- spas. Is that the right word? Like yeah. Spas? yeah. Yeah, I have a practice um, in Beverly Hills. We're launching yeah. into uh, some other large hotels too, my, my oh, licensed amazing. facial. One big one, which we're, we'll be announcing soon uh, in Beverly Hills too. So exciting. And the other most exciting thing for me is, uh, for me, brands today that launch without giving a giving back component, um, I always, I, I don't like the words corporate social responsibility. I prefer co- corporate social intention because I think we should, yeah. we shouldn't feel responsible to, we should be intending to do something and we should be building that. Um, and I love that, you know, um, when I was doing some research on your website and stuff, I was hearing about, I was reading about the girls crushing it, um, yeah. charity that you're working with and also the work with women, female entrepreneurs. So we'd love for you to explain what you're doing with your both your time and your, yeah, and money as well. Yeah. You know, I feel there is a responsibility if you start to have a product and a consumer exactly. product. And, yeah. If and you I make profit just... as well and you, you yeah, make Yeah, there's money. profit there. We make profit, money. Purpose over profit, right? You've got to yeah. think about what you do with that. Yes. And, and I, that goes back to the David Foster saying you would be a good rich person. So not that I'm a rich person by any means, we're self-funded at this time, but we, uh, I waited to think of that profit because that, that's basically social impact component. I waited because I wanted it to be authentic. And, you know, right when you launch, Mm -hmm. I didn't do it because I, I was just getting set in and I wanted it to be a really 
from an authentic place. I didn't want to just do, oh, breast cancer. I have breasts. Let me just take a percentage and do that. It wasn't authentic. So for me at the time, and it was important to me to be passionate about it. So when I came across Girls Crushing It, where they basically do this MBA program for like eight-year-olds and start them Mm. young before they – and they work with local business partners to encourage them. Because I remember at a time – you're very confident when you're eight or nine or 10. You're like, I can do this. I'm going to have this business. And But then you go into like junior high or high school and then you're not as secure. And those dreams kind of fall by the wayside, which is what happened to me. Mm-hmm. So I didn't start till 40, till Barbara Streisand inspired me. So I thought if there's any way I can encourage young women to just keep believing in themselves after you know, they get to a certain age and, and still have that foundation, which is what Girls Crushing It does. And now they're franchising all over and it's getting bigger. Um, that's important. And then also I'm doing some work with Barbara Streisand's Heart Center because I have a family history of heart attack, heart disease. And I found out that um, that's actually the leading cause of death in women and women don't know this. They, they assume it's breast wow. cancer because of the marketing so it's actually five times that of uh, any cancer is uh, heart disease and a heart attack in women. So that is a real passion project I'm working on with the Barbara Streisand Foundation and in getting women's heart checked. And, you know, it's so interesting, even the size of our hearts are different. So in some of the um, readings on the x-rays, you don't even see some of our vessels because it's different. So just mm. doing as much as we can for that is, is important to me, too. Uh, thank you for sharing that thank you for doing uh, what you do because I think it's so important and and uh, you know I also say as a founder we become the beneficiary of, of making an impact because we feel good as well and I think for anyone who doesn't have that component like do it for you too like do good for people but do it for you because it can be really yeah. it can get quite tedious and lonely and, and same and you know building it year after year and then it becomes P and none and prof- like without that sense of that's where I'm sure that's where you get the most excitement sometimes in the day-to-day of course launching products stuff it's so exciting and seeing people loving it but those moments where you're working on your giving back component I think is so critical critical really yeah, yeah. it's really I'm not a, a greedy greedy person we, and that's yeah. why I priced my prices at kind of the entree luxury prestige I I personally couldn't put some things in a jar and charge you know over four or five hundred dollars that's just to me I couldn't yeah. so um, it's important that I feel good about the business and what this business, this baby is doing, whether she's, you know, promoting heart health for women, get your heart checked, you know, with my demographic, cause I care about her. And I think really, and, and men, I work on men, sorry. And I yeah. care about them, mainly women though. And that's why I still give facials to have that connection. And it's mm-hmm. truly about connecting with your customer. Oh, I love that. So, I mean, we'd love to know a little bit about the future of um, your skincare line. Do you have any... So, actually, before even that, where are you currently retail distributed for people who want to buy? Yes, I am sold uh, at Net-A-Porte and Violet Gray and Saks Fifth Avenue, uh, Revolve and Mecca in Australia and QVC now. I just launched On Air at QVC and they only want my skincare, which I'm just thrilled with. So that is a real brand building channel for my brand. And we're just, we've got the whole layout for next year and uh, going in studio and just really uh, interacting uh, with my customer and going on air is important to me to connect. 
Amazing. And obviously your .com as well, which uh, people can... Uh, oh, sorry. Share. Yeah. See, I'm yeah. not even thinking agreed. My .com, Angela. I know, but you get the best margins. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> oh my gosh. My husband's going to be like, why didn't you mention your own website? That should be first. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. There you but, go. Yeah. Angela Collier. No, but, no, but I, I think to be fair, AngelaCollier.com, I'll put the link as well in the summary so people can go... <laughs> Click, but I think in, I in a way, like we also live in a world where people expect brands now to have their own dot com. Sometimes I'm in that weird, like you know, if I do an ad, I'm like, do I go to put Sephora or our website? But then people obviously know we'll have a website, right? So yeah. what's needed? Like, do they know we're in retail yet? So it's always that weird opportunity cost of decision sometimes, you know. And we, we get exactly. this because you have that one-off hit, one-off budget, one-off moment. If you have an influencer doing a swipe up, which website? Which do you go? I know, you know that one moment of like ah. What do I do? Uh, I don't know. Everything's good, but yeah, yeah, it's so true. It's so so true. Um, but yeah, in terms of the future, for the um, you know, are you looking at creating more, uh, just more products, more re- global distribution? What are you, what's your plans that you can share, of course? Yeah, I mean, we have some exciting new initiatives. Again, always kind of being the first. I don't follow competition. If my husband mm. mentions a brand to me, I don't want to hear about it. So I'm just really focused on my customer and what she needs and uh, being innovative. So we're looking at some new technologies, some new ingredients that haven't been launched yet that have amazing clinical studies. So I really just want to stay in my lane, focus on what I can do that's different. um, Mm. And that's important. I did that with, you know, patenting some tools. We did rose quartz with crystal and we did some other things. And now we're, we're going more into the skincare and uh, science-backed, really remarkable technologies and skincare that are out there that I can combine with the plant-based. So we're, we're combining both, but really just tunnel-focused on, on being uh, ba- basically really innovative and seeing a difference in the skin. I love that. Oh, so cool. I'm really excited to see um, how it grows and if it's a, any reflection of what's been done so far, I, can, I cannot wait for what the future holds. Um, I'm going to be really mean now. I have a very, uh, before we go to fire round, I have a desert island situation for you. So you know what's coming. Oh, um, I'm inviting you to a founded beauty retreat. Maybe one day I'll actually invite you to a retreat too. That'd be really cool to have all the founders. In one yes. Place. But for now, this is makeshift. And imagine I'm TSA or me, whoever is being really strict and saying, listen, Angela, you can come, but you can only bring one product and it could be a beauty. It could be the skincare product. It could be the tool. It could be anyone, but which one would you bring with you? That's easy. That would be my day, daily botanical serum. Uh, that was named by W when I launched as one of the top 10 skincare launches it's an oh, organic, amazing. lightweight face oil, and it's so beautiful. It has lang lang, frankincense, rose hip, which is so high in vitamin C and vitamin A, and then sea buckthorn and the lipid lock. So it's just heavenly, and it just transforms my skin. So that is my go-to. Oh, amazing. I love And And um, I always um, like to read reviews when I go on, like, and by the way, you have, like, I couldn't find one negative. I wasn't looking for them, but I just was like, why is everything so positive? And I was like, I know, me too. I want too. some negative. I, <laughs> I was I, like, I want this it. so good. I was like, I'm jealous. But there's one right now I read out for the Daily Botanical Serum. And it's like, I fell in love with this product right away. In fact, the serum and the souffle are the only products I use. And that's a huge thing, good. the only products. In my AM and PM regimen, I have yeah. noticed a difference in fine lines and they've seemed to all filled in. A little goes a long way too. My skin has such a beautiful and healthy glow and it feels so good. Highly recommend. And thank you, Angela, for bringing us such an amazing product that I like to call my precious liquid gold. That's ah, such an amazing that. review. Uh, but yeah, like, you, have, you have plenty of those. So, you know, um, just uh, if you have a 
want to go back to just like boosting some of that ego, which was something I know, we I should read ground my ourselves reviews, to. Read like every morning if I'm frustrated, I, um, like read a review. Honestly, <laughs> like, or print a few out and like have them as like your, you know, if you ever feel those moments where we're down or like those reviews are the real people loving what we're doing. It's amazing. Yes, it feels um, good. So now fire round questions. This is the first thing that comes to your mind. So the first question I got is what's another beauty brand that you're currently loving right now? Hourglass cosmetics i i i love their makeup i've been playing with their makeup and lip glosses it's just and the stuff they fabulous. do for animals i love them yeah They're clean beauty luxury clean it's beauty, just luxury and i admire the packaging. founder very much carissa yeah. janes she's incredible yeah. and has done a beautiful job oh, the next question is what's a guilty pleasure of yours Oh, a guilty pleasure. Eating really good pizza. <laughs> Are you thin crust, deep crust? What are we talking here? I'm talking thin crust, Brooklyn style. Oh, finally, just, I, I'm a uh, thin crust person. Oh, I love it. And also you don't feel as guilty. You can finish like a good like exactly, size pizza yeah. because they're thin, you know, it's like it's. Not, you can exactly. Two slices are like one it. slice. I know. I love it. Um, oh, that's, I'm going to have pizza tonight. Even inspired. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> what are you currently watching or reading? Oh gosh, I'm always reading business books. There's, a, there's actually a book that I love right now. It's called Quench. Ooh. Quench, and it's about this. You would love it. This guy did this experiment on like not showering. I know it sounds gross, but not yeah. showering for a few days, and just how it improved his skin and hair, and just which is a part of my philosophy: less is more. And it's just this fabulous book on how even water can change the pH of your skin. So I tell my clients, you know, don't even splash with water in the morning. Just go into your souffle moisturizer, daily botanical. I, it's a really good book. So quench. Oh, is it this quench yeah. and then it says like beat fatigue, drop weight, heal your body? That one? That's it by Dana Cohen. Dana and Cohen and Gina Bria. Amazing. Okay, cool. I love it. And also there's like, as founders, there's like the things that I'm like needing to do, beat fatigue, drop a bit of that yes. lazy weight that I just stay still on a desk all day and then heal your body. <laughs> this is like speaking of my needs right now. So I'm going to buy that for sure. I love it. Please. Um, so what's your, like, do you have a favorite social media platform right now? I still love Instagram. I know I should be more into TikTok um, to watch. It's interesting, but I, I'm still obsessed with Instagram. I'm always watching brands and, and influencers. Mm. Right now it's, it's Instagram still. Instagram. And do you have a favorite quote? But just believe in yourself. I just think that mm. growing up, I was always trying to get people to believe in me and trying to pr prove that I can do something. And there just became a moment where it's like, honey, you're all you've got. Like you just believe in you. And, and the moment I did that shift in like believing in myself, and that means using my voice and Maybe it doesn't, people don't want to hear it, but I, I deliver it gently. And so I think believing in yourself and your mission and, you know, being an esthetician, having a brand, I have a business partner who's a man and that's my husband. And a lot of times people just assume that he's running the company because he's a man. And, and in fact, I'm the CEO, and, you know, as you know, women can do that things so too. Important <laughs> I, I, I think it's, it's an it's a, there's assumptions in today's society is still, it can be really damaging to, especially young entrepreneurs creating something yeah. as well. So it's really yeah, good youth. that you, you said that. Yeah. They, they just, they just think automatically and it kind of comes in different industries too. Like I remember I studied engineering for four uh -huh. years and I remember like, um, just the perception of female engineers, but even like there was such backhanded ways of like I remember my first ever open meeting open day or whatever where we, were, we didn't still get the application like uh like granted for my university my college but it was at like in my uni imperial 
And it was like they said in front of everyone, if you are a woman, a girl in this group, you are guaranteed a space here. Um, but in my way, I was like, okay, like I know we need more, but you're also like making it really clear to everyone that like you're not, like you're also going by the gender, fine, but you're also yeah. making it really clear like there, that, you, that there is an issue here, which I get it, but it made it really unfair to the girls there to be like, I'm not warranted. Uh, and I say girls because we're eight, 17, 18, right? At that time. Yeah. They were, they were getting in just for their gender, not for their ability as an engineer. Yes. And it's such a backhanded, like, I remember thinking at that time, like, but like, don't just like, like make them feel like that's the only thing that why they're here. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. I can't articulate that well, but it was such a feeling at 17 years old. I was like, this is so wrong. And it comes from, I think more like female engineers in the industry kind of voicing out and showing themselves more at it. So the youth don't feel that this is a dominated industry that I can go into it without feeling it's my gender that's getting me here. Yeah. And you have to also know that like, e even that the term girl boss, I never used, I never liked, yeah. like I was interviewed, what's it like being a girl boss? And I'm like, yeah. I'm just a boss. You know, exactly. don't call me out for being a girl or a woman. It's just, I'm just doing my job. So it's, I don't I like that either. And I think that's the thing. I, I wanted them to be like, we have incredible engineers here, you know, like, exactly. um, and, and, you know, that's, that's basically, I think we have to, a lot to do to encourage the youth. And, and for me as well, like, I don't go around saying I'm like, you know, the only, like, like when I was at Dior, I don't say I'm the only person of color in this table, right? I'm just saying yeah. I'm at this table. You're seeing I'm a person of color. You're that's at obvious. the table. Yeah. I'm at the table. That's my point. I'm not here because I'm a person. A color. I'm here yeah. Because I'm good at my yes. job. And that's the thing. So exactly. I, I can't resonate more with what those words are saying. It's so important. So thank you for saying those. Um, yes. And my last question. Question is if uh -oh. Angela uh -oh. wasn't a beauty entrepreneur, esthetician, what could and would you be doing right now? I, I go between two things that I say sometimes. I mean, one would have been a lawyer. I, I did kind of mm. study for the LSAT. I would have loved that. Um, well, no, actually, most of my female friends that became lawyers like hated yeah. it later on. So glad I didn't do it. Yeah, but, or a food stylist. Even when I go to, to dinner, I'm always putting my phone up and taking beautiful pictures of my food. And my husband's like, this is weird. And I'm like, I'm sorry. But your husband's like, can we eat now? And you're like, no, no, one second. I'm like, don't touch it. I'm like, yeah, you don't can put your it, finger yeah. in it. Yeah, that's a good photo. Uh, so mean... very, very into photography and food. <laughs> well, you should do that for, I mean, our, you know, flat lays of the ingredients at the Neroli in the products and like there you go design. i can incorporate yeah, that a, you can incorporate that for sure you can okay. make like a beauty cookbook that'd be so fun yes um, i love that that'd be really fun but well angela it's been such a pleasure speaking to you we could speak all day but um i can't wait to come to la we'll we'll go um we'll go uh, get uh um what do you call it? Like, I still, the smoothie, smoothie? near. I knew you were going to say smoothie. We'll go, you know, we'll get smoothie, we'll get Equinox and um, we'll yes. have a good time. I, I can't we'll wait for that. And if you're LA. in London, I'm very alive. Yes. If you're in London, I'll show you London side, which is Ooh, I'd love that. scones. <laughs> very, we'll go very British. Uh, but in the meantime, yes. where can everyone follow you and your brand as well? Uh, on Instagram, Angela Kalia Skincare, the same on TikTok, and AngelaKalia.com, the G silent, for my website. And I do a lot of uh, basically Q&A. I love to answer questions on my Instagram. And even on my yeah. website, I'm doing with Firework a new, uh, where you do videos, shoppable videos. So I'm, I'm doing a lot of videos on my site. I saw that. I loved it. When I went in the shop, you had like these like kind of uh, Instagram real tiktok -y content straight there. That made it so much more immersive ephemeral and a better way to shop really cool thank you yeah it's doing yeah, really well yeah. oh, 
really cool. Well, thank you so much, and uh, can't wait to see you very soon. And in the meantime, I encourage yes. everyone for all the links in the summary. Tap away, do follow, and definitely try all our products. But if you're going to try one at the beginning, would you say it would be the botanical serum? Which one would you say is your the one to try? So tough. This the souffle moisturizer or the daily botanical serum those are both okay just get both guys get both I can't say one both yeah, and I can't <laughs> I wait know, to get, get to both. London I can't wait to meet you in person I'll be there next year oh, amazing we'll plan it then oh, okay thanks so much Angela alright thank you thanks for having me I hope you enjoyed this episode of Founded Beauty as much as I had making it. And if you did, please share it with a friend who you think will love it too. Founded Beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music Podcasts, the Acast app, and many more. And I'm also very proud to be part of the Acast Creator Network. So be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop. We really appreciate every single follow, listen, share, and review. It truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. So as a little thank you, I will be hosting a giveaway each week on my Instagram channel at meta underscore a, where you can win some amazing Fable Main goodies. All you have to do is follow me, check out my stories and all will be revealed. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops. <laughs>